0: Awesome. Um, Who's got their Bibles this morning? Uh, I hope you got your Bible. Bibles are important. Um, If you've got your Bible, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 6. And uh, we're making it easy for us this morning. We're also going to be using Luke chapter uh, 15. And and you won't have to go too far from there, so it will help you out. Who's at Luke chapter 6? Great. Um, this 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 uh, event, this is, uh, this account happened, and it was also written about in, in Matthew chapter twelve and Mark chapter three. But we're going to read it out of Luke chapter six, and then we're going to go through it this morning. Is that cool? Awesome. All right. Luke chapter six, verses six to eleven, and it says, "On uh, on another Sabbath day." A man with a deformed right hand was in the synagogue while Jesus was uh, teaching. The teacher of religious law and, and the Pharisees watched Jesus closely. If he healed the man's hand, they planned to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. But Jesus knew their thoughts. He said to the man with the deformed hand, Come and stand in front of everyone. So the man came forward. Then Jesus said to his critics, "I have a question for you. Does the law permit God, uh, sorry, good deeds on the Sabbath, or is it a day for doing evil? Is this a day to save a life or to destroy it?" He looked around at them and one by one, and and one, so he looked around at them one by one, and then said to the man, "Hold out your hand." So the man held out his hand, and it was restored. At this, the enemies of Jesus were wild with rage, and began to discuss what to do with him. Well, that's a great, interesting piece of passage. We've got this. We've got uh, we've got Jesus, obviously, and he's in church or he's in the synagogue, and he's teaching. We have the, the, the man with the deformed hand, and we also have the teachers and the, uh, of, of the law, religious law, and we've got the Pharisees, the, the head honchos, the, the, you know, the people that sort of think they know what they're doing. And we've got this situation in, in happening, and there's so many things uh, going on, and Je- Jesus is there. I like, I like the fact that Jesus just knows what's happening. Because uh, it says in that scripture, he goes, he knows their thoughts. He knows their thoughts. Even before, you know, they don't have to say anything, but he knows their thoughts. But here's, here's the thing. The first thing that I want to share this morning is when it comes to restoration, you know, if someone has got a car that they're restoring, generally it sort of goes to the lockup or it goes to the garage and it sits in the garage and, and you know, this is one day I'll get around to it. Ah, oh, you know, we've got this, this, we want to see the beauty of this car restored. We want it to be in a place where it can um, be back to its original condition or even better. But all the time, it just sits in a, in a, in a garage. In fact, I've seen on Facebook, there, there was a barn found somewhere, I think it was in Germany, and there was like over 500 classic cars found, stored in this barn. And they were all dusty, they were all old, but the value of these cars was phenomenal. But they were all sitting there not doing the purpose uh, that they were called to do. You know, the, the great thing in the Scripture The first area I want to talk about when when it comes to restoring or restoration is the devil loves to bring distraction. He loves to bring bring distraction. Oh, get around to it one day. Oh, it'll be okay. See, the devil will use people to distract you from what Jesus has come to do. Well, let me explain that. We've got this situation where the man with the deformed hand We've got Jesus teaching, and then we've got all the other people, the Pharisees and the religious laws. But in this this point, here we've got the man, he has to wait. He has to wait for what Jesus wants to do because Jesus is sorting out a plan for all the people that are around him that are holding him back for the man receiving his healing. Let me explain that just a little bit more this morning. See, The simplicity of life is that Jesus wants to connect one-on-one. But because of life and we have families, we have friends, who's got a family, who's got a friend, at least one. We've got workmates. We've got all sorts of things. And we've got distractions all around us. But one-on-one, when you're sitting with Jesus, how many of us know that we start opening up with Jesus a whole lot faster? Then we do one-on-one, but because we we get to church sometimes and we're a little bit unsure, oh, I've been going up the front and being prayed for now for a whole year and and I'm that person who just keeps going up the front and, uh, oh, what what is church thinking about me And, and all that sort of stuff? What happens? A distraction comes into our life and we stop coming up the front for prayer. But why would we do that? it's only because people around us are creating you know the people that were around that person right now they were actually teachers of religious law let me let me help you just a, a second what was jesus doing jesus was teaching who likes their job being taken who likes their significance being taken who who, who likes their self worth being taken see when when we start being challenged on our insecurities and stuff we will soon start distracting people from from what god is wanting to do in their lives oh you just mustn't have enough faith who's heard that before oh that person hasn't been healed cuz oh they mustn't have enough faith oh um who gives you the right to measure their faith and, and do you have the ability to measure that person's faith? There's only one person I know who has the ability to measure someone's faith. And it's not me, because I don't have this measuring, ma- magical faith measuring tool. I was like, oh, let's, let's just get Roy over here and we'll get some electrodes and plug them in. And it's like, let's see how much faith he's got. Uh, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to measure someone's faith. Uh, you know, but only only Jesus knows how to measure someone's faith. Yeah. But a lot of the times we get distracted in life because of what people have said to us. Oh, you mustn't have enough faith for it. Oh man, you just want to kick someone in 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 the knees. Or <laughs> you, you know, I'm like, there's so many distractions that come in and around us in our life. See distractions become a dead end to restoration. They they stop us from from letting the Lord lead us into a place And minister into our own lives. I want to say this morning that God wants to break every distraction that is in your life this morning. God wants to say to you, "Come on, those dreams that you've been dreaming, that 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 breakthrough that you've believing for, that healing that you've believing for this morning. Come on, don't listen to the people who are who are supposed to be doing what I've just come in and I've just taken their jobs. And by the way, I'm doing their jobs. Don't listen to them, and because they're just bitter, they've missed out." Just listen to me this morning. I believe the Lord wants to say to you this morning, just come to me. Just listen to me this morning. Don't let distractions hold you back. Distractions are a dead end to restoration. You know, maybe we don't see the restoration in our lives because we're too busy looking at other people. We're too, too concerned about how they're doing their life. You know, I, I believe this morning, God wants to say, get rid of every distraction and just come to me. In this story, the story, the Lord even just says, hey, where's this man? I want you up. I want you to stand in the middle. I want the center. And, 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 he, and Jesus still sort of just stands there and he's like, he just looks around at every single one of them because he knows what they're thinking. They're thinking, it's the Sabbath. I wonder if he's gonna heal this morning. I wonder if he's gonna break the law this morning. I love Jesus' question. Isn't it good? Is it better to do good than it is to do evil? I like the fact that days doesn't matter. But the thing that was holding back, the distraction that was holding back these people were the law. The distraction that, that they had was the law that Jesus, that the law of the Moses and the early, early prophets, they put out this law and people were trying to fulfill the law rather than letting Jesus come and accept them of who they are with their fears, with their failures for everything. See, I want to tell you today, this morning, church, no, no one, no one can, can, can fulfill the law of God. See, everything about God set up from day one is always, always has been and will be about restoration of mankind. Everything about it, everything set up. He sets up this law for us through the, uh, through the Old Testament and it's got uh, 600 laws and more. And it's like, have a go. Have a go at trying to fulfill all of those laws. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I was excited. There was someone at our house last night and they were urgent to get home because um, 10 o'clock was their curfew because they have a restricted license. I like that, that if someone has integrity to fulfill the law. I need to receive some of that when it comes to orange and yellow red lights. But hey, and maybe speed. And It's not time to air my dirty laundry. But I like the fact that they had integrity to fulfill the law, but try and fulfill all the laws that God laid out there. No, no, it was never done. It was why, why did God have all these laws? He had all these laws to point us to Jesus because none of us can fulfill the law, but only Jesus, Jesus came to fulfill the law and be the law. And so when we point to Jesus, He, he redeems us, He restores us, and we go past the cross and we step into even greater than we ever could have believed. That's what that psalm earlier said, Psalm 71. You will restore me to even greater honor and comfort me once again. Just think about that this morning, church. Just think about that. God just doesn't want you to go back to Original. He just doesn't want you to go back to the the original person that He created you to be. He wants you to go back to original and with greater honor and with greater favor and with greater life. Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. Do you believe this morning, church, that your life is not just to be a, 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 an average, ordinary day life, but your life is here to be abundant, is to be a blessing, is to pr- declare the grace of God over, over people's lives that are around you? Come on, God wants to restore you this morning to a place where there's something in your spirit that just goes, man, I'm the luckiest person in the world. Jesus knows me, I know Him, and I've got favor on my life. See, there's, there's that scripture in Proverbs chapter twenty-three, verse seven. It says, "For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he says to you, but this, but his heart is not with you." So that scripture, may I have heard it like this: As a man thinks in his heart, so it shall be. But the thing is we don't read the rest of that scripture. we just sort of quote that piece. but the part of that scripture, that's important, it just says, "So is he eating and drinking?" or he says to you, "But in his heart he's not with you." So what that scripture really means is that what he thinks one thing, uh, but he says another. How good are we at being professional Christians? I'll oh, praise the Lord. I oh, praise the Lord. It's all him. It's all Jesus. It's all Jesus. Praise the Lord. Oh, isn't God great? Oh, yeah. I'm just pressing into Him this morning. We're inside. It sounds like this. There's no praise coming out. I'm pressing into Jesus. Oh no, I'm pressing into Panadol this morning. Oh, I'm, oh. You know, we 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 say stuff. But in our, in our heart, we're thinking something else. Come on this morning, church. Oh, I want to say this morning, come on. There's something that God is restoring us this morning. There's something this morning that God just says to say, come on, get it into your heart this morning that he want, He's restoring us, not just to original, but to even better, to even greater honor. He's, he gave us the Holy Spirit to live and dwell within us. The power of God that rose Jesus from the grave lives in us this morning. You've got the power of God It says to raise the dead, to heal the sick. Uh, there's something this morning that I really believe that the Lord wants to break in us this morning. I need us to get just a little bit more expressive this morning. Is that okay? Even if that's what we're, I'm praying for restoration that uh, you know we'll get a little bit of. Um, I don't know who likes football, but I like going to football matches because they're nuts. They're crazy people. They've got passion in them about a round ball. Come on. Who's got passion in them about a, a Lord that saves, a Lord that redeems, a Lord that brings life? And life in its fullness. I went to a game in Madrid in Spain. It was Real Madrid playing somebody, and they won 7-2. It was crazy. By the end of the game, this was an open stadium, holds 90-something-odd people, 95,000. Oh, yeah, 95,000. <laughs> it was a massive stadium, 95 people it holds. And here's the crazy thing. By the end of the stadium, uh, by the end of the game, sorry, you could not see the other side of the stadium because of all the smoke and the flares that have been going off because they won and all this. I mean, that's crazy stuff. That's a great way to preach about having haze machines and smoke machines in church, by the way. <laughs> just, just a thought, just a thought. But God wants to restore this morning. But how many times, we've got to break off distractions. we we got to, you know, I wonder. Uh, you know, Jesus has pinpointed this person who had the withered arm. But I wonder this morning in this passage, who else would have been in that that synagogue that needed Jesus one-on-one? I wonder if there was even some teachers or I wonder if there was even even some Pharisees that were there, but because there was a a group of people, they they didn't step out. They weren't called out by God because they were were distracted by, by peer pressure. They were distracted by the world that was around them. I wonder why we what we miss out on because we don't just come to Jesus. I like point number two. I reckon we've got to diagnose some stuff. Jesus says in verse ten, he says to the man, so hold out your hand. You might think, yeah, okay, whatever. Well, you've got two hands. But how did the person with the withered hand know what hand to hold out? Well, that's obvious. The one that's withered. But why do we always, sometimes we hold out the good hand. Sometimes we hold out the good hand and we hide this one. We we hide it behind our back and we go, Oh, okay, Jesus, I'm going to come to you. I'm going to show you this hand because i got this one sorted. <laughs> Don't worry about this one. We're over here. We're talking about this one. High five, Lord. High five. But sometimes I really believe we've got to be honest with ourselves and go, oh, you know, it's, it's this one. Is this fear. It's this failure. It's this problem in my life. Jesus just says, hold it out. He just says, hold it out. This morning I'm believing that if, we, if we're honest enough to diagnose some stuff in our life and hold it out to Jesus, what's He going to do? He's going to restore it. Oh, come on church, this morning, God wants to restore your marriage this morning if you're honest enough about it. God wants to restore some healing this morning. God wants to restore a relationship this morning. God wants to restore this morning something that's in your life. If you're you're brave enough to bring it to Jesus and just hold it out this morning. God wants to restore it to you, but will you hold it out this morning? See, when you're restoring an old car, there's many ways to restore it. There's many, uh, you know, different techniques. But one of the easiest ways is to just use this stuff called uh, um, bog. I, I know, you know, it's 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 a it's a two pot mixture stuff. You get some, and then you mix this other hardening stuff together, and it makes a great smell, and uh, it's pink, and so you know. Car restorations for girls as well as guys, uh, figuring things out. But um, it, it's this great smell, and, it, and it just once it's a chemical thing. And so when you, you, you know, it's like if you're icing a cake or something like that, and you put it on, and then you, once it goes hard, you can sand it down and all that. But the problem is, is my, fa- my, my stepfather, he, he used to race uh, at Speedway, and there was a, uh, there was a club, uh, not a club, a class called uh, Ford Escorts. And uh, who remembers the old Ford Escort, great little cars. And so uh, well, this is in Wellington and Timaru, and, and uh, he, he's quite a, a, a particular type of person. And so every time there was a, a meeting, his car had to be perfect. You know. So, and the amount of bog that was used on this car and, and filling in dents and all that, the first little touch... Uh, that by hit by another car. Basically every single panel and everything will fall off because there was just like inches and inches of bog laid up on laid up and just to make this car look good. Why do I say that this morning? Is because we're really good at using the wrong techniques yeah. to restore. You know, the, what, what the, 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 the holes and the dents that were in this car first needed to be panel beaded out. Or if there's rust in the in the car that needs to be cut out, and then steel needs to be welded back in to place, and then the the final finishing touches come over, and you can and paint it and restore it well. But as Christians, a lot of the times we just put we would put stuff over the top all the time. We don't let we don't we don't be honest with God and say, Hey, Lord, yeah, I have been struggling with this. See the The issue is, is that if the foundation isn't right, one day, one day it'll it'll all fall apart. I want to say this morning, come on, God's here. God doesn't want you to have to hold on to this stuff. God is all about restoration. He's all about saying, I love you. I'm sending my son, I sent my son Jesus to die for you And to rise on the third day to take the penalty of sin so He can come and be victorious. And now I've sent you my Holy Spirit. This morning, the Holy Spirit's here. He wants to lead you to restoration. Are you willing to take responsibility for some areas? You know, we're coming to the end of the year and and, uh, we're excited. It's Christmas. Who's doing some Christmas shopping? Some of us, that's that's good. And uh, maybe we're getting a little bit tired, but we've got another year coming up. Now, I'm not all in for New Year's resolutions and all that sort of stuff, but if you do it, that's up to you, that's cool. But what I am into is, is taking some time to stop and taking some time to evaluate and taking some time to diagnose some of the areas of my life that this year... I'm going to bring this to God. This year, I'm not going to hold on to having this in my life anymore. This year, I'm going to believe again. I'm going to, I'm going to bring it out to God. I'm going to do whatever it takes to have the grace of God come and minister into this area. What about you? Would you be prepared to go, you know what, God, this year or before the, even the end of this year, I want to bring some stuff out. The Bible says to us that it's, when we bring it out of the light and the light shines on it, that's where we get a victory. Yeah. But if we continue to hold it in the dark, it just hides away, never goes away, and it just starts rotting and becomes a bad smell. Who wants to get rid of the bad smells in their lives? <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. If you're there, if if you've marked it earlier before, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 15. Are we okay? God's pinpointing some stuff, areas. But guess what? God's pinpointed it because He can bring victory into it. God has pinpointed it because He can bring victory into it. I just want to just rewind 10 seconds and celebrate my first ever clap preaching. I know some of you missed it, but I saw it, I felt it, and I was like... Hey, that was quite cool. May I have to do that again? I like this hand-free business. <laughs> you were too busy t- being spiritual, turning in your Bibles. <laughs> oh, This is either going to be good or go crazy. Right. Who's there? Luke chapter 15. I almost did another clap. All right. This is the story that most of you will know well. Uh, if you've been a Christian for a little while, you would have heard this story in Luke chapter fifteen, and it comes off the back of two other parables that Jesus was telling about the lost sheep and the lost coins. And and primarily, this this, this these, these parables are told, and it talks about the love of a father, how how you know. If if a, if a farmer has 99, I'm uh, sorry, 100 sheep and, and, and he's got 99, but one of them is lost, he'll leave the 99 because the one is precious and he'll want to go and find that sheep. And, and it t- the parable was there to tell you this morning that you're precious, that you're worthy. The, the same with the, the lost coins, you know, they're, 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 they will go to any lengths, any measures to find the two lost coins that were lost in the house. They swept it all out. Because they were precious, they didn't want to just think, you know, nothing of them. And then we get to this parable, which is about the lost son. And um, I want to read it because, and I know some of you know it well, but let's let's get this because I believe it's gonna, it's the word of God, and it's gonna speak to us. So, in Luke chapter fifteen, verse eleven, you there? Okay. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story: a man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, his younger son packed up uh, all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a, f- a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He pursued a local farmer to hire, uh, persuaded, sorry, a local farmer to hire him. And and the man sent him into his field to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have food enough uh, to spare. And here I am, dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on on as a hired servant. Just hold this thought. Some of us still have a servant mentality. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, Embraced him and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to his servant, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast, for the son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost but now he is found. So the party began. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. And he asked one of the servants what was going on. Your brother is back, he was told. And your father has killed the fatted calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him. But he replied, All these years I've been slav- I've slav- slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to do. Uh, refused to do a single thing you told me to do. And in all uh, that time, you've never ga- gave me even one goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when the son of yours comes back from squand- squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fatted calf. His father said to him, Look, dear son, you have always stayed with me, and everything I have is yours. You know, the next thing that I wanted to share this morning about restoration is that we miss out on restoration because we get disillusioned. We miss out on restoration because we get disillusioned. I read that story because I wanted everyone to see what was going on? We had the two sons and we had the father. We had the one son who came to his father and he said, Father, I want my share of my inheritance so I can do what I want with it. The other son stayed and he served as, a, and in his mindset, he slaved. And then there was the father that wanted the best for his both, both of his sons. So he agreed with his first son and said, Son, you can, here's, your, here's your inheritance. Go and do what you want to do with it. He didn't once stop him. He just said, go and do what you want to do with it. See, and then we've got the other son. And this is what I think the other son may have felt like. He says, we get delusion because we think we are doing what the Lord wants us to do. But we miss out because we don't realize everything uh, that we we can have. See, the oldest son was there and he got bitter and disappointed because the other son had come back to the father and the father got excited about it through a party. See, here's the thing. The first son got restored by God. This is what the parable was really meaning and uh, we're going to finish soon so the music team can jump up. But the second son was doing his day-to-day life. He was serving his dad. He was working hard. He was doing everything that he was meant to be doing. But I like the fact that at the end of the Scripture, it just says a very, very simple thing. It said, His father said to his son, Look, dear son, you have always stayed by me, and everything I have is yours. I want to just say, let's read that from God's point of view. And why don't you put, maybe some of us put ourselves like the older brother. Oh, I'm doing all this stuff right. I'm doing what I think I'm supposed to be doing. I'm serving you, God, I'm doing this. But then we get bitter because someone else has got a victory. But who said the son couldn't have had a victory? The son got bitter because he never got given a goat to celebrate with. Did the son ever ask for a goat? There's a big difference. See, I believe God's got a whole lot of stuff for us, but He's not just going to go. Phew. He's going to wait until you ask. He's going to wait until you hold out your hand. He He's going to wait because. The God I know is a, is a, is a gentle God. Is a, he's a righteous and a just God. But He'll never force Himself upon anyone. But sometimes we get disillusioned because, and we do all this stuff and we get to the point where we stop asking God. We stop believing that even we are worthy. Like the older son, he felt like he was a slave. Disillusion create a distraction for restoration. Church, this morning, we're about leading people to Jesus. We believe in the church, the body of Christ, what the Lord is going to come back for one day. But we're a church that believes about pointing people to Jesus. Why? Because only Jesus can bring the breakthrough. We will pray, we will encourage, we will direct, and we will, we, we will love you. But ultimately, it's about your encounters with Jesus. It's your encounters of letting Him be, be the Lord and Savior He desires to be. But are you going to ask? Are you going to ask Him? Do you think that he, He's a God that can't do that? Come on, God, God is so big and strong. So mighty, there's nothing that God cannot do. Oh, well, you don't know the situation. Well, no, I don't know the situation, but I know that God knows the situation. And I know that there's nothing is impossible for Him. Nothing at all. But will you ask? Will you ask? Come on, there's. Oh, I feel prophetically right now there's, there's, there's someone's relationship with a mother that needs to be restored right now. God wants to say, just ask, just ask. Just ask. Don't get disillusioned and fall into a religious mindset of just reading our Bible, praying our prayers, giving our offerings, worshiping, singing our songs. Because we end up becoming like the older brother. And we don't celebrate what God's doing. In Romans 5, chapter 10, it says, For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his Son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his Son. Since our friendship with God was restored by the death of Jesus. What an awesome thing this morning. What an awesome bit of wisdom and knowledge to know this morning. Maybe you're here this morning, you've been invited by a friend or you're just visiting. But I want to say, by the death of Jesus Christ, our friendship with God has been restored. Our friendship with the creator and savior of the world has been restored this morning. But come on, don't let distractions hold you back from what God wants to do in your life. Don't let, uh, uh, come on, let's diagnose some areas this morning in our life that, Lord, oh, I've been good at holding down that that average, that okay stuff, but it works, but now, you know, but really down here, we've got this withered hand. Come on, let's not get disillusioned by playing the life of a Christian. Let's be excited about what God has for us. It's time to ask God for help. It's time to hold, uh, hold out those areas of our life that Jesus wants to move in this morning. He so wants to move in it this morning, and He's so excited about you breaking through in this morning. He says, come up here, stand in the middle, because I want to show every person what me and you are going to do right now. And He says, hold out your hand, and He holds out His hand, and 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 His hand gets restored. Jesus is so excited for you. He's so excited. But church, just to know that we're not just restored to original. It's restored to even greater. Oh, I pray, Holy Spirit, right now, release that into every person. Release that into every person, I pray, right now, even greater. We break off, Lord, condemnation in Jesus' name. I ah, speak, Lord, over, over, over our old lives. Lord, it's been washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ in this room. We've been set free by your blood, your, your sacrifice, your life given to us this morning. We're even greater in Jesus' name. Why don't we jump to our feet and we're gonna we're gonna pray and we're gonna finish. See the the Greek word that restore gets translated into Means this, it's. I'm not, I can't pronounce the word, but I copied and pasted the meaning. But it says this restore is to to reconstitute in health or home or organization. Restore means to do it again. And then there's in the Greek, uh, whatever you want to call it dictionary that I use it gives you the the the, the main word but then it gives you an, a, a root word and the root word basically meant off off come this morning God wants to take off some stuff God wants to break condemnation in this room God God wants to break addictions in this room. God wants to bring life and life in its fullness this morning. God God just doesn't want you to keep walking around with that withered hand. He wants to say, come on, bring it to me this morning, because I'm going to take it off this morning. I'm going to break that off your life this morning. I'm going to reconstitute it this morning. I'm going to restore it again this morning. I'm going to give you life and life in its fullness this morning. But will we come to God this morning? Will we give it? to Him this morning all over this room if, if there's areas in your life that you want to give to God I just, oh, just out of an act of surrender why don't you lift up your hands thank you Jesus thank you Jesus Holy Spirit right now come and release Lord. restore 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 restore